All right, everybody. This is the Spider Duck Network coming back to you uh, for a new podcast. Um, this will be actually the second new podcast that we debut this week, and it's actually a little bit old school. It's not a uh, debut at all. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah a, it's, it's a return. It's a return. The return of the OG. The original. The original. Spider Duck Podcast. That's right. We are now going to dub it Spider Duck Gaming, um, just to kind of differentiate ourselves from you know everything else on the network we're a network now so we can't just call it spider, spider duck podcast because yeah. that you know that would be all inclusive it would but just say, between hey, you and me on this this is the spider duck podcast yeah the spider duck gaming podcast yeah well. and you know <clears throat> we're, we're we're not fighting over this at all <laughs> it's it's totally mm. consensual okay well it's uh at least that's what we tell all the ladies. Uh, it's not what I say. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are we? Th- I, I have I no idea what we're talking about. I this show just, is already off the rails. I didn't mean it. That sounded like, like I allude, Was I alluding to rape with that? I didn't realize. Yeah, well, you know. Well, well, we uh, are on the same network as the Too Soon podcast. Yeah, and maybe it was a little too soon to bring that one about. It's, but it's is, it, is it ever is it ever really appropriate timing to talk about a woman showering with her dead infant? I don't. I don't really. I feel horrible saying that. And, they, and there was there was like a fifteen minute block of that podcast devoted to that. Yeah, and it's only a forty two minute show. Yeah, so, that's like I mean, half the show was about dead babies and showers. That's a, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, anywho. Spider Duck Podcast, Timmy and Trevor, OG, OG, the original. <clears throat> I feel like it's appropriate to open this up with what are we playing, and I'll let you go first because I'm only playing one thing. Uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff. Um, on the Trevor and Ian show, I actually talked about Dead or Alive Five, which I wish I'd been there for. Story is it. definitely batshit crazy. Uh, the only thing I like better than talking about things I like are things I don't like, and I feel like I would have had a lot to say about Dead or Alive Five. But yeah, it's it's the storyline wise, it's real dumb. But but the game's good. Like yeah. the, as far as the the gameplay is really good, and a lot of things they do with the story mode where it teaches you how to play during the story mode. That stuff's really good. It's just um, it's weird how game, like games that have such a, a strong gameplay foundation can be so so nonsensical yeah. in the story. Mode. So like it's, so lacking it's, in the so, story. So mismatched writers with designers, that kind of thing. That happens a lot, I guess. But definitely, yeah. Um, but I, I've talked enough about that this week. Um, what I've been playing uh, a bit of, and I actually just finished the first campaign um, of that game. Um, that's Resident Evil, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, what else have I been playing? Um, I've, I'm doing Indie October uh, this month. Where that's I play you, any game or I watch an indie movie every day in October. So it, every day of October, it's one or the other? Is that the idea? Yep. Okay, so what was... Uh, I've played a couple of indie games so far. Okay. I played first. I played Wizard, um, okay. which I, it basically takes a 16-bit RPG and meshes it with Breakout, where you have you know the little oh the like, little like paddle, the, uh, and then it you like one player pong. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's Nobody's interesting. Ever said that that's I like that one player pong. Yeah, yeah. But, that's um, a it's a good way to describe it. It, it was interesting. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that game. Is it kind of like going in like the area of like puzzle quest to a point where you're taking like a basic puzzle game? Almost. Um, did you ever play Pinball Quest for NES? Um, I don't think I did. No. On NES, there was a game called Pinball Quest. Basically, it was pinball, 
except it had a story behind it and RPG elements where you had to hit certain points to get to the next level. This is on that NES. That sort of thing. Yeah, on NES. Yeah. Wow, and I never... It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a huge game. Like, for some reason, I owned it. And like, revolutionary design, but mediocre execution, mm-hmm. maybe? Is yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't, like, a big popular release, but I love that game. And and Wizard's really cool. I mean, I, I've only played a little bit of it, um, but it's it's pretty difficult. Is this um, something where you like, have, like, characters that have, like, equipment and stats and stuff? You do. You do have you have uh, you play as a wizard, okay. um, and then you have different spells. But the spells do different things. Like uh, like you have a fireball that shoots up and it'll take out a block. Okay. Or if you time it to where the ball hits the paddle and you hit A at the same time, yeah. it turns the ball on fire and then the ball just go through everything in its path. Oh, okay. um, so like it, there's a lot more strategy. It's about trying to get the magic, and sometimes sometimes it's it makes it more difficult because you're trying to balance grabbing the magic or like the coins that it drops. Yeah, and then you're not paying attention to the ball and then do you, you grab know, the coins with the paddle or do you grab the coins with the ball with the paddle okay and are the the blocks that you're fighting are they just blocks that there's are blocks they also have enemies which early on the enemies don't really do anything other than walk around yeah um, but there's you know some foxmen so yeah <laughs> they're blue foxmen fighting those foxes you blue know foxmen. kobolds are they kobolds uh they could be kobolds but they yeah. they look like foxmen to me okay. so okay i mean uh, i think the technical term is foxman Wizorb. So ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Wizorb, yeah. It's Let's it's it's down. interesting. Actually you can you can get it on Steam, but you can also purchase it on Xbox Live indie games for oh. eighty Microsoft points, which is one dollar. That's I might do that myself when I get yeah, so for a dollar, check it out. It's pretty fun. I liked it a lot. Um, the other stuff I've been playing a lot of FTL. Faster than light. It's, what is this? Is this the um, the It's a strategy game um, for the PC. Uh, Basically, you're commanding a ship, and you're trying to get uh, a report back to the other side of the galaxy to your Federation. Oh, it's like in space. Yeah, so it's in space. So, like, you're you're going through different different, uh, galaxies and universes to try to get this message to your home base because there's a huge ship coming to attack it. Okay. So you're kind of timed, but then then you also go through the... Through the universe, uh, doing either quests or like if you see like distress signals, you can go there and and find out what's happening. Sometimes there'll be a ship there that'll say, "Oh, hey, we need your help. Just follow us." And you follow them into a trap, and then you get no. Gotta fight when, another when you ship. say you follow them, are you like? <clears throat> In real time, guiding. No, it's it's all turn based. Okay. Um, it's it's a turn based strategy game. Um, you basically you have you know like resources like fuel and missiles for certain weapons, right, right. or if you use a ship that has drones, you have drone parts. Are you controlling one ship then? Yes. Okay, that's kind of. But cool you also idea. control the crew and the ship. Certain parts of the ship can catch on fire. If that happens, you can actually like move your characters into other rooms and open up the the ship, uh, the doors so that the, the oxygen. And releases okay, wow, and wow. stuff like that. It's it's Pretty really awesome. By the sound yeah, it's it's super in depth. Um, like you have different crew members, like different alien races, uh-huh. and those different crew members will do different things. Like there's one that that repairs stuff faster. Okay. Um, but but it's like uh, whenever you're attacking, there's different there's different places you can attack. Like there's a certain room that has the shield controls in it, certain room that has like the drone controls, certain room that has the engine. You mean on the enemy ships? Yes, so you can try and to on your own. Okay, okay. So like so like say your engine goes down, you can't get out of there unless you repair your engine. Right. And if you're trying to attack the enemy ship, you'd want to attack the shield. Yeah, the shield first the shields. to get the shield down, and, and then, then they can repair attack. that room too to get the They can. Back up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That yeah, is, so. That's a pretty cool concept. 
concept out. It's it's really well done, and the games actually last fast enough to where like it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't take forever. Like most games, last twenty to thirty minutes. And is this um. Is it like a through quest that you play at the beginning and you play like mission after mission or is it just like... No, you just... It's a continuous thing. You just... You have one specific mission, yeah. but along the way you do so much other s- stuff. So it's like a strategy RPG. In a way, your yeah. Your ship is like your party almost. Mm, it? Yeah, but the, I mean, there's not a ton of like narration or story behind it. It's right. just, you know, basic story, get from point A to point B. And there's a lot of, lot of stuff in the way. When you go to different sectors, yeah. like you have the choice. Um, there's sometimes you'll have like uh, one that's inhabited by pirates to go to or a civilized place which which could be good um, mm-hmm. but it, it depends how you want to strategize like if you go to the pirate one you're going to get in more battles but if you get in more battles you could get more stuff for your ship like to upgrade your like you could get more like uh, spare parts and stuff to right. upgrade stuff in your ship okay. um, which could be beneficial um, and stuff like that so so it's it's Super, super deep, mm-hmm. um, but really fun and addicting. Like, I've played, like, eight hours of that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, each each game is, like, 20 to 30 minutes. And this is on so. Xbox Live? No, it's on PC. Oh. Uh, it's it's on available the- through Steam. It's only 10 bucks. Came out uh, last month. Okay. So, it's it's really well worth it. I might actually check that. I, I For some reason, I thought it was a game on, um, <clears throat> on Xbox. Like, wasn't there a game that came out on Xbox Live recently that was, like, a really short title... That started with an F. It was like a survival horror thing, something light. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dead light is it? Dead light. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what I was getting at mixed yeah, up. Yeah, that was in day. the uh, summer of arcade. Very different games. Oh yeah, completely different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, F- FTL is really good, and okay. I think everybody should check. It's ten bucks. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> in my top like it's probably one of my game of the year contenders right now. That good. I mean, man. it's it's really good. It's the best indie game I've played so far, and then I played some Sanctum, which. Sanctum is a tower defense game mm-hmm. um, where you play from a first-person perspective. So it's a first-person shooter put into tower defense. Uh, can you fire from this yes. first person? Are, are um, you firing from turrets or are you firing from like a... No, you fire like guns, but you can set up turrets and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. So it's like a Monday Night Combat almost? Kind like of in a way, okay. except more tower defense. Um, like when you, when you start a game, you go into the build phase mm-hmm. and then you build up your towers. And I mean, there's different towers. You know, there's like a Gatling gun. There's like a platform that you can use to stand on, like a like first person or like in modern in modern times or something. Uh, it's more futuristic. Okay, um, but <clears throat> it, it has a lot of good ideas. But I just didn't like it. What was it called again? Sanctum. Sanctum. Okay. Sanctum. Um, it's it's available on PC. Um, I tried it with the because it said it had, it had controller support, so I played it with an Xbox 360 controller. Controller support isn't great. No, not at all. Um, when I when I tried playing with the controller, there were still certain points that you could only use the mouse for. Yeah. So like, if you're someone that has like a living room setup where like your computer is hooked up to your TV and you just want to sit back and relax with a controller, you're not going to be able to do it with Sanctum. It's more of a keyboard. And mouse. Um, yeah, it definitely. Is and and the fact that they say hey it's controller enabled you know it's kind of it's like somebody little, really half-assed it and yeah. just coded it enough to where controllers could work exactly they weren't optimized like the, the controller works fine for the shooting portion but the um moment, but I guess the, the game just it just feels kind of generic um it just it just wasn't as fun didn't didn't grab me in there's not really any story to it it's yeah. it's kind of like hey this is tower defense where you shoot stuff tower and, defense it kind of really it really exploded. 
Like, yeah, Tower Defense got really popular. I personally really like Tower Defense, but like the Tower Defense has to be really good. I mean, like, like if you go to like some good tower defense, you got like uh, oddly enough that South Park Go tower defense. That was game, a lot of fun. I that game was really fun. I, I think the writing and the fact that we played at co-op was. More, yeah, part of the thing I, I agree. It, you know, I think as a single player experience, it wouldn't have been as so great. Uh, Dungeon Defenders. Yeah, Dungeon Defenders is really good. Xbox Live. That's probably the best tower defense game that I personally have played, just because it really does. It, it's it's a full on RPG that you just fight battle mm-hmm. after battle in these dungeons, and, and it's. Um, it reminded me of Diablo and I mean you pick up different equipment and stuff like that it has four different classes that were really distinct that was um, that was tower defense at its best as far as I was concerned what other good tower defense games are there um, Orcs Must Die yeah that's basically Orcs Must tower Die defense yeah. with a uh, uh, with action thrown in, yeah. yeah. Third person action. Um, you got uh, actually for phones, Geo Defense uh, is a really yes, good one for the Windows Geo phone. Defense, that yeah. one's, and it's available, you know, on Android and mm-hmm. iPhone and, and all that stuff. That one's actually very good. Um, there's a lot of other, like defense grids, really good. Plants versus zombies is basically, uh, yeah. Defense. That's I, I mean, plants you can't go wrong with Popcat, man. Yeah. Like, as as simple and as dumb as like that game may seem, it's mm-hmm. so fun and addicting when you're playing it. I'm surprised yeah. Angry Bird hasn't like had like a tower defense offshoot now that I think about it I just thought of something really good there well now uh, there you go Rovio there's your we really can't your talk free about it anymore idea. because it's, it's it's a raw idea that, that might be bad the more I think about it in fact it's not even a good idea now that I think about it what would these birds be doing building towers to defend the eggs because the pigs steal the eggs but well, how would no, they... no 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 what if you played as the pigs building the towers to keep the birds from because the and the birds, the birds are coming are to destroy it you. what oh it'd be like there compla- you go Rovio. complacent pigs is what it'd be called well not complacent we just we just made your next game disgruntled pigs we just made it better no I'm, they're actually making a game called bad piggies but I haven't actually seen exactly what that's gonna be and I'm not really interested really I mean so, I it was yeah. a lot of fun it, 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 yeah I mean it it, it had it's day <laughs> It had quite a day. It had yeah. its year. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I worked at FYE, and, and we had Angry Birds hats, Angry Birds blankets, Angry Birds socks, Angry Birds candy. It, it got to the point where the birds were no longer angry because they were getting so much money from they these residuals. Pretty so. okay with everything. Yeah, I would say content <laughs> birds. Um, they were funny. They sell these angry. I mean, obviously they sell the birds themselves, the plush. Yeah, and they're absurdly priced. It's like the oh, smallest yeah, one is crazy. like ten bucks. We sold the the giant eagle that they released. I think it was like the last major update to Angry Birds, besides like the space game that came out. It was a hundred dollars. It was Jeez. like this big. It was just a stuffed animal. There's nothing special. And if you squeeze the top, it makes the generic sound that all of the Angry Birds toys make <laughs> when you squeeze it. That little. I mean, I'm not going to try to. to take yeah, that little right laugh, now. you know. But a hundred bucks for that thing, and somebody we sold two of them. Wow. Over Christmas, yeah. So it's crazy. Rich people. With kids, that's what you get when you buy your kids. People and their Angry Birds. When you give your nine-year-old daughter an iPhone, which now that everybody, you know, there was a time when you saw a nine-year-old with an iPhone, you're like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) But now Now it's like every nine-year-old has. If I had a nine-year-old, I would give him an fucking iPhone. Well, dude, whenever you can get an iPhone for like ninety-nine cents, right? (laughs) There's like AT and T. It's like, well, whatever. Screw it. It's ninety-nine cents. I'll make her happy. Add that, that weird? add that line for $10 a month. Yeah. There you go. That is crazy to think about that, how, how much you would always say. Like, these kids with these cell phones, why are you going? But now it makes I used to be one sense. of those people. It's just like, you, you don't even just see. Like, what? You don't even notice technology getting ahead and you accepting it until you really sit back and think of what you thought of this yeah. a year ago versus how you feel about it now. But yeah, nine-year-olds with iPhones. They're taking over. What are you going to do, man? God damn it. 
Anyway, um, so is that all you have for Indie October? That was, that was a good bet for Indie October. Yeah, there, yeah, actually. I actually, <laughs> I've played uh, played quite a few games. Tomorrow I'm actually going to play uh, To the Moon, um, which is an RPG that just got released in the past couple months. I think um, I heard about that. I don't. Yeah, it, it's it seemed pretty popular when it came out, um, okay. but I haven't played any of it yet because I knew I was going to do Indie October, so I wanted to wait. That's one of the things so. about being a lurker on Reddit is that you see titles and you see people say, man, this is awesome, but then you might not click that so you don't know what it is. Yeah. So you say To the Moon and, and I, I've heard it, but I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, it's, so. it, it's an RPG, but, uh, okay. but yeah, we'll probably talk about that next week. We may as well dip so. back to uh, Resident Evil 6, which we... I so, did. yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil 6. I I have a, I haven't played the whole thing. I haven't played as Chris. I haven't played as Jake. I finished Leon's campaign uh, a, a couple 10. hours ago. At a time, what would you give Leon's campaign? If that was the only part of the game you could play, what would you give that? I'd say like a six or a seven. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, I, I showed up just at the tail end. Yeah, just at the very end. end. In fact, in fact, I killed the final boss. Yeah. On yes, my first did. try. Because he's a dick. To be honest and with you. And I hate him. <laughs> Um, Think observations from somebody who's played a half hour Resident Evil Six. Uh, every five minutes, Leon has to jump off of something <laughs> to avoid probably that same dude. It, it happens. Who, yeah, like <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not fucking making that up. Every literally every other scene, you hear and you hear him land on something because he's had to, he he he's constantly falling off of shit and jumping off of shit. The whole last dude, part of that game, fucking Leon jumps around more than House of Pain. Leon jumps, like, dude. That, that's it's, a fucking shirt. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like and um, I don't know. It, it's it it baffles me like, when you. <laughs> Some of the gameplay seems so good, yeah. but then like some of it seems like downright stupid, broken. Well, Resident Evil as a series like, is is like known for being kind of broken from the start. I mean, the, the original game kind of broken like, and kind of antiquated too. And yeah, it, like it seems like with Resident Evil Six, they try they're trying to update it, but they're trying like almost too hard. Like they're trying to do like eight different things. Well, that's the, and the, not all of them are meshing there's together. There's this little sector of the Resident Evil fan base that doesn't like Resident Evil 4. I call them douchebags. And, <laughs> like, you know, people... The original Resident Evil games, for what they were at the time, there weren't a lot of scary games coming out back then. And yeah. so to, it's pretty much Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Yeah, it's, and they were legit. Let's be honest. Right. And the, But um, the controls... I mean, the developers said that at the time that it, part of the reason the controls were so clunky was to kind of heighten that, that tension. Yeah. You know, because... It, to make it scarier, basically. Right, because when you're in a panic and you don't know how to run the other way... Yeah, you... I guess that emulates how you'd really feel. I'm pretty sure if it was a zombie, I wouldn't run at him accidentally in real life. And be like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? Turn the stick. You know, they get, basically, the people... Say, Leon! <laughs> jump, fucker! People said that it controlled like a tank. If only he could fucking jump in the second <laughs> game. God damn it. I know, Jesus. Um, and then funny thing, the second game, you know, it's still revered. It's still considered probably one of the best games of all time by, by a, lot, a lot of people say. And, and it's and it, at this point, it is antiquated. But yeah, um, it doesn't get as much flack because the story was, I guess, relatively strong. It was a lot scarier than the first game, I thought. Um, but yeah, those games were were known for being just horribly clunky games that really just got by on the aesthetic. And, and just the, the pure scare factor. And, and because they, they were something different at that time. Yeah, I mean, the, the survival horror idea that there wasn't ammo everywhere, you mm-hmm. know, that when you had, like, six shotgun shells, you were kind of good to go. Like, you know, that's not a lot compared to any other game. Yeah. 
Um, and then you had Resident Evil 3, which wasn't as well received. That was one that had Jill from the first game. Nemesis was the, the subtitles mm-hmm. for that. And then 4 came and, and just completely fucking blew, it all blew the doors the water, off yeah. the hinges. It, it, it totally updated it. Yeah. Um, 4, by the way, I mean, you had the first three developed by Capcom. And then you had 4, which was developed by Platinum Games, which is not by Capcom. And, you know, most people embrace that. Today, it's considered one of the best games of all time, like, mm-hmm. bar none. Um, but there were still those people who were like, Resident Evil is supposed to be scary, and it's supposed to be, you know, tension, not just... Because it's, it's, it's an action. I don't know. Game. When I was playing Resident Evil 4, I felt a lot of tension, especially when you had the chainsaw dudes come yes. out of nowhere okay. and, like, run after you, and it's like you're throwing down... La- like, the first time you encounter them is in that you're village, those, dude, and, that, like, you're kicking those ladders over, yes. and you're jumping out windows. Yeah, that's exactly and you're what like, I was about to say. There are different kinds of... I don't want to say uh, there's scary and there's tension. And yeah. There's just excitement. And, and, you know, the original games, they had that creepy factor where we didn't know what was in the next door and mm-hmm. you didn't know what would that made that sound. Resident Evil 4 is all about hiding in a cabin and a dude with a chainsaw trying to cut yeah. his way through the door. And then you. It, yeah, uh, it's basically recreating Evil Dead. In that a way. that you know, sequence it's... in that village unto itself, that's one of the best pieces of video game. Ever I agree, and and even even when like the first time you get your head cut off by the chainsaw like, dude, it's fucking awesome. I, exactly, like, like I, you're I, not even a, mad that it happened. No. You're like, holy shit, Half the ways you that die just in that happened. Game, That's you fucking that. great. I think Dead Space took that to the next level. Yeah, like all the horrible ways to die in that. But I think it's obviously a nod to Resident Evil mm-hmm. Four, which and, and it really is. Dead Space is basically Resident Evil. Like, yeah, like that, Dead Space basically they kind of modernized that survival it's Evil in space. Yeah, <laughs> basically. basically. Yeah. Um, and, and they're great games too if you haven't played the Dead Spaces De- Dead Space 2 especially oh, Dead Space 2 phenomenal. is phenomenal that, one of my favorite games on the system probably um, I might like it as much as Resident Evil 4 it, it's kind of close but Resident Evil 4 you know turned the series into a new direction sadly mm-hmm. with Resident Evil 5 Capcom mm-hmm. took over the reins and it, Resident Evil 5 is not a bad game it, it wasn't bad but like they didn't. They didn't try to change the formula at all. No. If the if the order had been reversed, I think if Resident Evil Five had come out as four, and then four had come out, I think both games, you know, four would still have been received very, very well. It just would have been, you know, kind of like rehash, but it wouldn't have gotten the negative flack that five got. Yeah. Um. Just because five, it, it, it's. It the story wasn't great. No, I mean, um, the four had a great story, but it, yeah, I mean, but but like it, it was, was campy, but but yeah. it, it was kind of aware of the fact that it was campy. And I always I always I say this a lot how something can take it. But I mean, Resident Evil's always been campy. I think they kind of yeah I mean, kind of realized that that first game, especially Jesus. But um, five wasn't really campy. Five kind of they, they tried to go serious with it. They tried to take it almost in the direction of the awful awful movie series franchise. Yeah, which I hate a lot. I haven't seen past the second one, so yeah, you're not. I mean, there's no reason. Yeah, <laughs> I had. I used to live with a guy who who really enjoyed the movies, and he forced me to watch the most recent. <laughs> and he happy. He had very comfy couches, and so half the time he made me watch a movie. I, I would usually I just, just fall, fall asleep, asleep on the couch. So that's how I got out of it. But um, no, I think with five, they they, they were taking a cue from the movies to you know you have the yeah. desert setting, and you have the the, the token black girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, and um, which, from from what I can see so far, with going through 
uh, just one campaign. Granted, it would make more sense if she was mentioned in Chris's campaign. Yeah. But from all that I've seen uh, and all that I've heard, I don't think she's ever mentioned. No, like, no mention Shava never existed. <laughs> what happened to Shava? Well, no you know, one cares. Somebody might, one might suggest that the reason Shava was included in the, to begin with was like some kind of racial meeting them halfway kind of thing. But then, like I said, all of the zombies were black. <laughs> Like, well, well I, I mean, it takes the game place takes place in Africa. I guess. So that makes sense. But you can't get past the fact that all of the zombies... But it's almost true. like it's almost like they a made Shava a character like, because they thought if two white characters were shooting a bunch of black zombies, it would look worse than one white guy and one black girl well, shooting a bunch of zombies. Wouldn't it just made more sense to set, game, to set the game in Holland? Yeah, there you go. Because it's okay to shoot a bunch of white people, but if all the zombies are black, clearly there are racist undertones. Of course. So we have to make a black girl as a second character. Oh, no, no, let's make a co-op. Why not? Um, Those racist Japanese guys at Capcom. <laughs> but, but Resident Evil 5, I mean, for all by all accounts, there are some things that it does better than 4. You know, the, the wep- weapon system where you can upgrade weapons and, and, and buy new ones in between missions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, the co-op itself is very, very good. You know, yeah. 4 has no multiplayer whatsoever. Five yeah, has. I mean, the, the AI is terrible, so I wouldn't recommend playing 5 no, by yourself. No. But if you play with someone co-op, it's, it's, it's a, a great game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then you have the... Uh, there, there was a limited cover mechanic. I remember being able to hide behind things and pop out yeah. and shoot. Um, but but I will say, in Resident Evil 6, one good thing I can say about it is the AI is pretty awesome. I noticed that. As, yeah, um, she kind of could, t- could play the whole game for you. Yeah, you like, just follow her Helena just like... Fucking ammo. Dude, like... <laughs> She can just do whatever, and then if I go down, she's like, "Hey, I'll get you up." And I noticed that, goes. like, for, for, at least for the fight. And but, by the way, I've only pretty much seen like the last battle. Um, is it like that the whole game, where there's ammo pretty much everywhere? Yeah, kind of. Okay, because uh, you do uh, run, I, but like you always feel like you're running out of ammo. That's what I was gonna too. say. You and always like, run out, but everything around you drops. Yeah, like, all these zombies are just packed. Gra- granted, <laughs> um, part of the reason like more dropped is because I did have a skill that I equipped okay. to, for item drop has increase. The skill system, I guess, which is which is makes up the bulk of the. Yeah, instead of getting money, you get skill points in yeah. six. So there's no um, money at all. Then. No, uh, but you use the skill points to to set like three skills that you can set and customize. The Mass Effect 2 route, almost. It's kind of in a way, yeah. To kind of streamline it. I don't know if I really like that. I think I personally prefer just upgrading the weapons. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the, whole, the resource management. And, like, and it, it kind of made, like, the weapons feel unique. And, like, yeah. in Resident Evil 6, like, the weapons don't feel unique. No, like, they're, they're, like from oh, Resident Evil 4, you remember the Red Nine. You, you remember, I was like, say the, that. that was my fucking gun. Yeah, dude. like, you remember that. Exactly. Like, you remember that stuff. You but, know like, the handgun is called in 6? I think it might be called the handgun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a handgun. Gun. Shotgun's a shotgun, and the shotgun doesn't have enough oomph. Like it doesn't feel true. like you're it's, shooting a fucking. Shotgun. It's hard to fuck up a shotgun in a game. It's like to just destroy. You shoot shit. a zombie in their head area with the shotgun, they fall down, and then they get back up Sometimes and they're like, they "Hey, I'm a zombie." Yeah, Sometimes it's, it's just like, like they lose half their head, and it's like, "I got this." <laughs> it's like, oh, my brain, which is actually controlling, is gone. But you know, I'm gonna still thrown out the fucking window. Yeah, the head is the weak point. You get rid of that. That's it. Like that that's that's probably one of the things that pissed me off the most is like like you, you can shoot a zombie like six times in the head yeah. and they're still coming at you. Yeah. And it's they, ridiculous. The, uh, resource management I think is a, an integral part of that of the draw of that series. It, it's seeing looking in your inventory and seeing how much ammo you have left and what to use first, how to conserve it, what to use in what situation, and to take all that out because to me yeah, every... it it kinda ended up like towards the towards the end of that campaign where I was just switching to the next gun because it had ammo in it. Yeah. Not like I I wasn't like, 
oh, I'm going to save this for this situation. I'm going to save this for this situation. I was like, oh, this has ammo, so I'm going to use it. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of allocating, you know, for certain situations. And, <laughs> and it's the C virus? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. I mean, they got 20 more letters to go, so... I hate to, to, to feel like we're, we're striking a racist tone with this, but the Japanese do not know how to write. Like... Name me, name me a Japanese-developed game that does not have a completely nonsensical story. Metal Gear. The first one, yeah, absolutely a great story. It's still out there, but it's a great story. Everything after that is completely... Yeah, I mean, the story's crazy. Like, yeah. like I mean, the stories aren't, like, bad, per se. They're just out there. They're like... It's like soap operas. Yeah. Like, people's having other... They, they kind of... They, <laughs> they kind of try to go with drama, but it's, like, so campy that the drama doesn't really hit. Like... Yeah. Like, the end of Resident Evil... Well, the sixth campaign. Spoiler alert, everybody. It, it, and you're not going to give yeah, a fuck. It's, it's not really... It's dumb anyway. It, it, so you they, know, honestly, they, let's just say this. You know what happens at the end of it? They allude to the Leon-Ada like, relationship. Which is such bullshit. I didn't mean to slam the table. She's been such a cunt. Since Resident Evil 2... Since 1998, she's been jerking this dude's chain, leading him on, and now he's still fucking. And 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 what's her name? The Helena. Helena. She's like, oh shit! Why is she helping us? There's a giant Mothman. He's a fucking mosquito attacking everybody. She she's in the same place. It was common. And then goals. like and then like Ada leaves, and ha- Helena's like, go after her. And, she and Leon's like, no, we're gonna stay though. together, Helena. And like we're gonna fight moment. this mosquito man. She where did where did that grappling hook go? Yeah, like she, like what up the heck? It like, went up into. Oblivion. No, and no and matter what, she the bitch can not just stick Ada around. Wong is fucking Batman. She's a cunt. She has like a bunch her. of fucking gadgets. Like she just <laughs> she fucking floats Batman. around and it's she like she can't just sit still. It's like you have like government agents like fucking Chris Redfield's in the BSAA. Does he what? have a fucking I got grappling? It. I got it. You no. know what? I got it. Shoot her in the fucking leg. <laughs> As soon as she reaches for that grappling hook, shoot her in the fucking leg, and then throw it away. Just dude, I, it's I not think, that hard. Like I think what I'm gonna start doing is every time there's an area where I think Ada Wong is gonna be in, I'm just gonna set a bunch of bear traps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that we should draw that. Just Ada Wong, like, and she's just looking. And there's bear traps everywhere. Just fucking, dude. It's been 14 years. You know, as soon as the danger has passed and you've saved her ass, she's gonna fucking grappling hook away. Hey, and guess what happens? You save her ass. She does that. She grabbed, yeah. And she, she leaves her compact. And then she winks you. at you and you're a fucking schoolboy and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> it might not even be her anymore. She's not Asian now. It might be a totally different <laughs> Yeah, shape. like she apparently in Resident Evil 6, um, they've mastered the uh Asian ectomy. I guess. Which, you know. Ada it, Wong it, is basically a commentary on how all women are cunts and manipulative. And they treat men like shit. And Leon is the classic gentleman who can't, who just can't shake her. He can't shake her. She's horrible to him, and there's nothing he can do. She has him in her claws. Scorpion woman. That's what that... that now, you know what? I kind of... I changed my mind about it. I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's that's Ada Wong. Anyway, the but. ending for Resident Evil 6, at least for the Leon campaign, is all of about 35 seconds. <laughs> and, like... It happens after the credits, which has, like, the worst credit music ever. The last thing that is said is Leon goes, oh, women. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that connects the dots, man, to the whole thing with Ada being a cunt and manipulating it. And the achievement title you get is, like, is called The, the Thing About Women. Like... Is there total cunts? <laughs> but... I mean, just the, the to go on about the core. I feel like this is going to be a long podcast, but to go on about the core gameplay itself, it's so obviously a step 
in the wrong direction. Like the, the yeah, gun mechanics themselves, it's just not as fluid, not as satisfying yeah, like, as the games to come before it. And it's which is which is crazy because like they they fixed the one thing that everybody wanted to fix was to be able to move and shoot at the same time. Yeah, but it still doesn't feel like. Like Which I didn't even good really game. notice, to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, you can move and shoot. But no, the the gunplay itself is, is it's just not fun. And yeah. It's, 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 I shouldn't say that. But there's something about 4 where you know, the, the combat, the, the melee combat was contextual. Yeah. You, know, you could shoot a zombie in the knee, and if you drop down to knee, you knew you could run up and, and, and uppercut him or suplex him. If you shot him yeah, in the yeah. head and he floated around, you could run up and, and roundhouse kick. Right. In this game, the, the melee button is now its own action. And normally that would work very well, except that it's so clunky. It's so... Yeah, it, it just doesn't feel right. Like, I mean, there's some contextual, like, melee stuff that you but can it, do. It, it it's just like... you kind of have to be in the exact right position. That's what I was and say, it still yeah. feels, like, random. It does. Like, it, it feels like, like it, that, that, that little thing that notes that you can melee it doesn't really help you at all. In fact, it, sometimes it, it could fucking trip you up, And if you want to go contextual, this game has way too many fucking quick time events. Like, quick time events are every, so, like, 2005, like, dude. Like, we're I, I'm, I'm cool with, like, a few here and there. Uh-huh. Like, I can understand it being, like, a tense situation. You hit a button real quick and dodge uh, from something. Right. But, like, this is, like, every fucking time you do anything, right. a zombie grabs you. Pound no. A or pound the stick. Yeah. As and I it's say like, this, I'm thinking back to 4. 4 had a lot of them, too. But remember that fucking fight that ended, the fight at the end but of 4? But 4 was, like, where, where before, were still, like, like, quick in time... A, a big yeah, deal. You but know, I feel it's like, like if, if it had the same quick time events as 4, it would still be okay. Yeah, I think they so, over, too. Not only do they overdo they it, overdid game, it, but they don't do it well. Like, like, like in, And, like, there's a part where you're climbing a rope. I was just going to say that, And, yeah. like, you just, you have to hold down L and R, and then you have to take your finger off one and pit it. Take your finger off the other. Yeah. And it's, it's just so tedious, and it feels like a chore. It's not it's intuitive. Like, this, this, I don't want to play this part. You just know, let me hit up. Yes, you know a lot of people had to have died there, just struggling to figure out how the fuck what how do I yeah I actually I know at different points in the game not at that point specifically but at different points in the game I died because the quick time event was just like yeah yeah, it was it was stupid yeah I think I died more because of stupid situations or because like the it didn't have enough contextual clues as to what was going on that like something just happened and like I'm dead and I'm like what the hell just happened I think I died more because of that than the actual you know I don't don't, don't doubt that at all and and god should we even go into the the the, what do they even call that the the counter where we played as a dog oh (laughs) agent hunt mode agent hunt mode like basically really shitty left for dead is what they're going for that's exactly what they're going for yeah you can even play as a spitter (laughs) (laughs) yes you can you can play as a spitter like it's just A the music is god awful throughout the whole experience the music was fucking terrible like like through the through most of the campaign the music was fine like it was like eerie like that sort of setting the music that was playing when we were playing as the zombies is that the music that plays when you're in the campaign. Too. No, no. So it's, no. So they gave it its own. Yeah, soundtrack. it has its own <laughs> shitty music and to go along with crazy, Asian like mode. really fast-paced electronic, like upbeat shit. That it's you, oh, it's so terrible. It, it's like it's like Grand Turismo it's like, music. It's like, like hey, it's, this is a. It's it's like it's fucking House of the Dead and it's in an arcade. That's what it felt like. Actually, kind of yeah, but you're you're a zombie dog and you're <laughs> you're you're running through the cemetery and it's so clunky. Like and like it, yeah, the zombie the zombie dog like you're a fucking dog you should be like you know you limber be agile. and agile i know you're a zombie like, dog but you're still a but dog. like the, the dog drives like a fucking tank he does like once he gets running dude you want to steer it like 
I'm not fucking so busting through Germany here. I'm <laughs> no. fucking going through this cemetery oh. and God knows where land. And what is success? How is success measured in that? Because I was a zombie and I climbed over a fence and I latched onto Leon's face and bit him. And you need to kill him. But, I think that's but like it's so hard to kill him because like the whole point. you have like no health. The and whole like, time you're playing it, you're thinking, man, you know what's more fun? Playing is the guys with guns. Yeah, that's that's and, pretty much true. You know, as much as like, I as I didn't like Left for Dead and, and oh, I love Left for Dead. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. As much as I didn't like the the, the adversarial, player, yeah, where somebody where you played as the monsters, I didn't like that because you died so quickly. You know, even if you're a boomer, you basically wait by a door to puke on somebody, and then you're going to get shot and you're going to die. Yeah, um, I, I don't really like that, but I can see how people would. But this, there's, there's, but they, they, there's a bit more this. strategy in that than there was in. It, it's the Resident same Evil's. basic concept because like, you it's the same concept, but like. <laughs> There's Resident nothing, Evil does it way worse. Like it's way worse. It, it's sad. It, it's, it's such super an obvious, hard to control. And yeah, it's, it's such just, an obvious way that where they're trying to like. Get, I don't even want to say it's a nod to Left 4 Dead because I feel like they think that they're like the the quintessential zombie series. And yeah. they feel like they, you know, it stole some thunder from. They're like, no, this is how you do it. Oh wait, <laughs> maybe not. Jk guys here. Play as a zombie with a shovel. See, what you see, see, see how that goes. <laughs> and, you know, the first time you hit Leon with a shovel was kind of fucking fun, but great. I, it, but it, it, Still, once he shoots you in the face with a shotgun, you realize, like, oh, I, I well, wish I could do that yeah. instead. I'll go play. I wish I had this shotgun with a zombie. <laughs> at that you point, know? you go back and play the main game because it's more fun. And at that point, you realize you should be playing something else altogether. Probably. Yeah. Um, so Resident Evil 6, not... Uh, I mean, I, I've only played what I played, but I feel like yeah. I've got enough out of that to, to realize that it, it's like, a I mean, like, the... <laughs> Resident Evil 6 has, like, great visuals. I mean, the game it's looks... It's a pretty game. I, I it, wouldn't it looks say it's... Gorgeous. Um, it looks gorgeous. It looked like, good. Absolutely. I mean, compared to the rest of the Resident Evil games, I mean, it's leagues above that. I mean, if you if you see the environments and you see the different places, like, because they do, like, underground catacombs and stuff, that looks really cool. Really? Okay. Like, really, those, like those environments that. are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's... When that's, like, the best thing I have to say about it, it's kind of like... Like, I mean, it, it's not... A bad game. It's just not a good game. It's just sad to see a series that yeah. invented itself so well. And and I can like I can ago. I can definitely see how the reviews are are so polarizing because like the, yeah. there's like some that are so crazy low, but then there's like a few that are high. Which I think for the most part it, it's around about what. But yeah, it's kind of in the we middle. We really shit on it. So just now. yeah, we haven't really said a lot good about it. No. But really, at the end, of it, it, it's a fun game to play. I mean, yeah, if I I would I want to rent it and play through it. You know. Yeah. I just would never spend six. Bucks. No, it, it's a it's a rent at I, best. I, yeah. I don't think it's worth sixty. It'll be twenty bucks within like six or seven months. Then then you can pick it up and play through all the campaigns if you want. If if you don't rent it by then, but yeah, um, no, it's definitely a step back for the series. I, I agree. It sucks. That, it, it, you know. and, f- and from what it seems like, it seems like they have too many cooks in the kitchen. And it, wrong cooks. Yeah, it's, like, I, I know what you mean by too many because it's they're, try, it's, like, they're, they're, they're trying, trying to do, to do so many ones. different ideas. Yeah, and because like from what I understand too is like the Chris campaign and the Jake campaign both play a lot differently. So like it's it's like they tried to do they tried to make basically there's like three campaign three main campaigns so to cater to different they, play styles. Yeah, so like they tried to make three different games. Yes, and like. Instead of making one great game, they made three mediocre games. I was just going to say that, yeah. You know, and it's... Leon's campaign was supposed to cater to the purists who wanted, like, a more slow-paced crawl. Right, and it... it it's slow pace, but but not really. Not but, really. I mean, I finished it probably like 
eight hours. I mean, there's a good amount of gameplay. Like, if you play through all of them, it's supposed to be about 30 hours. Um, so, a, I mean, it is a big game. It's just that, you know... If I it, mean, for, for action games, that's crazy. Like, nowadays, like, five hours, like, that Leon campaign would be all you would get from a normal... No, yeah, totally, yeah. It, it, I mean, that's so... A, it's an ambitious thing. It, it's just so... It's just... Uh, it's flawed in yeah. its execution. If, if it had been literally the, the Resident Evil 4 engine, with everything yeah. else being the same, with everything else, you know, getting these four campaigns, it would, it would be a success. People would say it's very derivative, excuse me, and very samey, but it would still be a blast to play. Right. As it is, the core gameplay itself has taken a step back, and now it, it's just, you know, nobody's going to be super psyched about Resident Evil What did you 7. think about Mercenaries mode? Um, like the music was really dumb. Oh my god. <laughs> like, what is it about... Uh, who, like every like other mode yeah. except for the campaign has god awful music. music. It's oh, like stupid fast techno. It's like I don't want to listen to this crap while I'm playing Resident Evil. It doesn't motivate me to kill zombies. I know I don't get it, that. It, like, like how it fits. It that motivates whole, me to turn off my Xbox. Feet, like brain That's what splattered it does. on the bus. I shouldn't be listening to fucking. I don't even. What is, what? What is that? It's I, like it's techno jazzy. It's. Crap. It's horrible it's, electro, electro Japanese music. Is it's, 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 I'm trying to think of a genre or an artist that I can it's throw poopy. at it, but it's poopy butts, man. <laughs> yeah. It's poopy butts in music form. It's, it's, it's bad. Mercenary mode, you know, that was one of my favorite things about 4. You played through the whole game, and then you beat it, and then you open up this whole new mode, which it's it's areas from the, the, game, the main game, but you pick a character, one of four or five, and you... But you know, it's like it's a horde mode. Before horde yeah. mode it was horde mode. You know, you're you're fighting zombies and you have a time limit and you rack up a kill streak. You know, the more zombies you kill, it keeps track of how many you killed in a row. If you wait too long, you lose your streak and then you get the points and you cash in as a multiplier. And there are different time chests around, scattered around the map where you can increase your time. When the time runs out, you get picked up and then you get your score. I spent as much time in Mercenaries in 4 as I did in the campaign, and I never got fucking bored. I could still go and play the Mercenaries in that. Mm-hmm. And 5 was the same way. 5 had also had co-op Mercenaries, yeah. which was really... That was, I think, 5 at its best was the co-op Mercenaries. Um, 6, you know, because the gameplay itself, like I said, Is it quite, isn't as fun yeah. as 4 or 5. It, it, it just doesn't no, stack up. No, it? there's no point in playing it. And that stupid fucking music... Oh man! It, like it's it, bad enough. That it's music, not as like, fun, but like it takes you out of it. They're like, trying to make you play something else. Like, everything <laughs> yeah. about it. Like try to lure me in with like some music that at least is, is tolerable, or like some cool new modes, unlike Agent Hunt mode. Yeah. Like, like why any music at all? How about no music? Yeah, that's uh, I would put, why like for Agent Hunt mode. Like I don't understand why you just don't use the campaign music like in the places which <laughs> that you're supposed to be because that makes I sense. I know. That somebody God somebody sense. decided that somebody. <laughs> Yes. made that decision somebody's like you know what you know we need we need better music for this he, he's a zombie dog he's gotta have something to get his blood bumping and it, it's fucking I, I wish I could think of like an artist or something to compare it to it's like John Tesh <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Skrillex doing a remix of John Tesh music is what it is because it's electric but it, it's so it fucking Yanni vomiting in a bucket it's the it's so bad it's so offensively bad and I got it stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out for the longest time and I didn't like it one bit I think we've said enough about a game that we clearly are not overly fond with but, but the, the, the sad thing is it's the nature of the, of the beast with this I mean I know we've yeah. talked quite a bit about Indie October and all that and you're talking about games you like but for the most part it's a lot more fun and a lot more engaging to talk about things that you don't like it's more fun to shit on something than it is to heat praise on it <laughs> that's sadly. definitely true yeah so um, 
with that out of the way, Borderlands 2 came yeah, out. That, that, uh, man, that game fucking sucks. <laughs> Let's shit yeah. on that, too. I, I'm not a fan of... Uh, no, no, we, no we, we're, we're totally kidding. We, we, I, we it's an awesome game. It's, yeah. it's um, again, you know, I, I knew when we get to this point we, we weren't going to have a whole lot to say because it's a game that we love. Borderlands 2. Come on. You all love it. It's We a, love it. It's a first. It's basically first-person shooter meets Diablo. Uh, and for anybody who isn't familiar with Borderlands, you know, it's a it's a it's a loot game. It's a, you you can pick one of three or four classes and it's very open ended. You, you pick up quests and you go out on, on missions and you're and you're um, it, it is, like I said, Diablo for yeah. person shooting and every enemy has a chance to drop ammo and money and, of course, other guns. Um, and what more is there to say about how the game actually plays? Not not really anything, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it two, uh, you know, plays great. The co-op, um, especially. The, the, it's a lot of yeah, fun. I mean the 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 game is definitely centered around co-op. Yeah. Um, the more people, uh, generally, the better, because um, because you have more enemies, more uh, the loot's better. The more yeah. people you have, now, that see, sort of me, thing. I, I prefer playing it with two or three. Mm. Like I, I still enjoy it a lot on my own, but I feel like the more people you throw in. Inevitably, it gets to be a little bit easier. Even if it scales the monsters up a bit, you right. still have four people shooting bullets. And at some point, you, you feel like you're not killing as much as you would if there were less people, and it just kind of becomes less fun. Um, and then you have the loot itself, which it's going to be better, but people are going to fight over it. Right. Um, so I think it's a game that's at its best, especially with two people. With three people, it's also pretty good. But um, no, yeah, it's, it's totally a good game. The writing... Um, uh, the writing is way better than the first yeah. one, for it, sure. It's something to be said for a game that... Because the story itself is not great. Um, I couldn't really, honestly, even tell you much of what it's about. It's, there's this guy named uh, Jack... What's his last name? Is it just... I Handsome Jack. Handsome, Handsome Jack, Jack yeah. And he's the head of the Hyperion Corporation, and they are attacking Pandora to... Be, because they want to they want to open the vault and control the creature that's in the vault to destroy the rest of the world I guess I don't, I don't know see it's yeah but it has good writing but but yeah but we don't know what it's about the writing's hilarious like the the actual dialogue yeah. and the interactions between the characters is amazing like it's really funny yeah. it's really worth like listening to it's kind um, of like I was gonna say it's kind of like Gears of War where the writing is is kind of solid and then the characters are interesting and the dialogue is cool but you really don't the story is not well told mm. like Gears of War yeah, I, I mean can... 2 and 3 were different 2 and yeah. 3 had very good stories I thought yeah. everybody was always like oh Gears of War 2 with the Maria Blood no I thought that was well done I thought it was a really good part of the story but it's like the the, the core story itself you really don't know what's going on you don't care but the, the, the little interactions with the characters I mean the characters are really really yeah. well acted and well mm-hmm. written like Scooter and Marcus and mm-hmm. the fact that I can tell you their trap, names yeah. and the claptrap god I love the fucking he's like a pop, pop, pop culture like icon at this point yeah um, and even even like the interactions between like Roland and uh, Lilith, that stuff's yeah, really funny. The fact that you know these four characters that from the first game that all you knew was that what was I don't know that they look cool sitting on a bus set to a caged elephant song, and that's really all <laughs> the input you get as far as who they are. And then in, in in Borderlands 2, as if to address that, they become you know the main characters in the storyline. Right. They're the ones giving you missions. They're the ones that you're helping to do things. Um, I thought that was awesome, and 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 yeah, it's it's just you know that you're not going to get a whole lot out of the story, but you're going to love you're going to love the characters. You're going to love the characters. You're going to love the dialogue. Every quest that you go on has some like fucking boner farts. Yeah, that was like <laughs> juvenile stuff. But I mean, if you're a fan of internet humor, it, this is a game. Yeah, it's it's a game that's full of it. It's it's a game that's clearly made by 
by gamers for gamers. Yeah. It's, it's a gamer's game through and through. And it, it's honestly, I could see myself playing that once I get it. I don't have it yet. But once I get it, I could see myself playing that for years and years all the way up until Borderlands 3 comes out. And it, I, I have, I only have one complaint about the game. What's up? I don't think that it scales the quests enough to your level, um, which which can be discouraging yeah. if you're like level thirty and you're still doing like a level twenty quest and like you don't really get anything out For of the it. Completionist. Like, I mean, if you want to do every single side, yeah, quest, like that's me. I know. Like, I notice. That. I hate that because whenever we're playing together, you know, I like hard games. I like a challenge. I like to feel like we're making progress. And so when we're going back and we're picking up these. We're level thirty and we're doing level fifteen quests just to, to for completion's sake. I feel like I, I start to get bored. There's a lot of walking in this game. I mean, there are cars to travel faster, and there's actually a fast travel system. But inevitably, you're still going to be footing it for quite mm-hmm. a bit of this. You're going to be running across open fields, <laughs> and you know when you're doing side quests and stuff like that. There's a lot of that, and you can spend two or three hours just waste doing these quests that present no challenge whatsoever. So if you want to do absolutely everything in the game and have fun doing it, you have to really pace how you how you do that. Um, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> you probably have more fun just playing through the like the main quest content all the way through and then going back and playing through the side quest for just like for the fun factor for the brand yeah. and stuff like that um, but if you you're right if you level up too far the game does become a little bit yeah I mean I, I really think I really think if they just fixed you know how the quests level to you I yeah. think that would be that would be a, a good thing to do. Which that's something that they'll probably actually somebody will probably fix that on the PC yeah. with the mod or something. More than like likely, that. yeah. For the console, we're, we're still probably going to see a lot of DLC and stuff like that. Which yeah, I think the, the DLC from the first one, from what little that I played of it, was very very good. Well, so. well they said uh, as far as scale goes, like each DLC pack is going to be as big as the General Knox one, which was huge. I don't know if I got to play the General Knox. It was really really. Big. Did you finish it? Uh, I. Yeah, I finished the General Knox one. Okay. Yeah, was it a lot bigger than the zombie one? Oh yeah, really, man. Yeah, dude, it that, was. That one, wait, that one took a slow, like, like a full day at least to finish that, wasn't it? A couple days? Uh, it wasn't a couple days. It was. We we finished in a few hours, but like the General the Knox, really? yeah, we played that. It was, it was like three to four hours. Really? Yeah, it was longer than that. <clears throat> but like the the General Knox one took like couple days like and that was me playing it like eight hours a day because yeah. you know that's what i do but uh <laughs> well, what else to say about borderlands but yeah uh borderlands is good if you haven't bought it yet go buy it the yeah. end <clears throat> um so you wanted to talk about another Torch game Light. that came out the same day Torch as borderlands 2 Torchlight. uh games that have a lot in common yeah, I mean they're both basically Diablo clones. Torchlight is directly, and Torchlight even had an homage to Borderlands in it. It does. Yes, there's something in the in the um, in the debug mode where you can actually summon a cloud trap. It, it's it's the kind of game that it has the same kind of community as Borderlands. Um, it's a, it's a small developer, and the, the, it's the original game was an homage to Diablo, and it was made by people who were on the team from the first two Diablo games. So, what I mean, an homage, and then at the same time, kind of a continuation of it. Um, and it was really good. It was really, it was kind of like Diablo for kids, in a way. In a way. Uh, the, the one thing that, that I really loved about the first Torchlight is the fact that you had your pet, and you could send your pet to go sell shit yes. while you kept questing. And the that cool was... thing about the pet in the next one, for one thing, you have more options. In the first one, it was a cat and a dog, mm-hmm. and a lizard, I think. In this one, it's a cat, a dog, a lizard, a panther, 
um, a bulldog, like a big British bulldog. There's like an eagle or There's something, an eagle, right? Yeah. Um, a ferret <laughs> and uh, a poodle. And a wolf, and I think I might have got it all there. But there's a lot of pets to pick from. You can change the color. Um, you can customize the appearance of the character, like the class that you pick. You mm-hmm. can change the hairstyle and the face style and stuff like that. Not in depth, but enough to, you know. Differentiate. Make, it's a step in the right direction, yeah. It's a step up. Um, and the pet, you can also, not only can you send it back to town to sell your stuff, you can give him a shopping list. So if you're oh, out wow. of potions, you can give him a whole bunch of stuff to sell and say, hey, dog, while you're at it, I need like 15 healing potions and he'll go back. That's awesome. That, yeah, it makes it so you never have to go back to town unless you, um, need to buy shit. Like, yeah, buy like armor, like real gear. Yeah. Cause you can't tell them to buy like new equipment. Right. Um, Very, very good game. I am playing it on hardcore and I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty. I'm like, I'm a, I am a a masochist. Yeah. Apparently you are. I, I love difficult games. I'm, I'm good at video games. There are a lot of things I'm good at. And I like to preface it with that because then it doesn't sound snobby and it doesn't sound stuck up. He's a total snob and he's pretty stuck up. Uh, but I'm good at video games. And so it, it is in this day and age, games tend I hate to... It. They tend to err on the side it's of true, caution. Yeah, thank you. But don't they? They don't want to make a game too hard. Yeah. Developers. They want to make things mainstream. So, Well, I, th- I, think, I think in a good game... Adjustable difficulty. Yes. Um, but adjustable difficulty that actually works properly. Because, like, there's games where, like, you can make it harder, but all it does is, like, add health to enemies, where it doesn't really do anything. Like, yeah, like when you want a hard difficulty, you want, like, better AI, better, you know, stuff like that. I mean, some games, you know, the gameplay is a little bit too basic. Yeah. Like Torchlight 2, the hard difficulties, the AI doesn't improve. Right. The enemies just do hit you a lot harder, there's more of them, and they have more health. And I can live with that, because it still, it still forces me... Hey, I mean, it totally depends on the game. Yeah. Yeah, like a I game think. like Halo, you can see the AI gets better, mm-hmm. there are more enemies, they're a lot harder. Everything kind of kicks it up, whereas... I, game th- like, I think Halo's the best example for difficulty. Yes, because the, the difference between normal and legendary in Halo is... Oh, it's huge. A big deal, yeah. Yeah. Um... But Torchlight, like it is pretty much just that the enemies have more damage and more health. But um, I've died like nine times on this. And a hardcore for anybody who's listening, I, you know, you might not know what this is. Hardcore in a game like Torchlight or Diablo or World of Warcraft or anything like this means that when you die, you your character disappears. You have to start over from scratch. That's he's he's dead. <laughs> yeah. So he dies, and then you literally have nothing to show for it. You literally which... you cry. You cry. Yeah. I, the, there have not with Torchlight. There have been times when I died, and I literally was depressed in other games because my character that I spent so much time on was was deceased and gone. Um, Torchlight Two. I haven't gotten far enough for that to happen yet, but I have gotten pretty far with it, and. It always seems to happen when, you know, it's not like I, I meet this this huge boss. Like, I'll, I'll meet this gigantic boss. His name was, like, Morax, and he summons, like, 50 skeletons that all can kill me in, like, three hits. And it's just me and my shotgun and my dog. And I mow through them, and I kill all of them, and I get all the loot, and I'm like, man, that was awesome. And then I walk out of the dungeon, and I get attacked by a flower, and it kills me. <laughs> and Because I just look away for one second to, to get a drink of pop or something. Um, but no, the gameplay, the thing that when this game was coming out, that everybody was asking themselves was because this was the year that the two big 
RPG, the two big point-and-click action RPGs were yeah. coming out in the same year. And I shouldn't even say it like that because Diablo 3 is such a different beast. Yeah, it's definitely. The, yeah. the it's, cash cow. Yeah, it's, it's, cash it's like the mainstream. Like, every game that Blizzard makes fucking rakes in millions, yeah. billions yeah. of fucking dollars. Yeah, Torchlight 2's cutscenes are... Story storybook flash animations. Diablo 3's cutscenes are lifelike, pre-rendered 3D CG cinematics that they are like. It, known yeah, for. I mean, like, if you made the Diablo uh, cutscenes into a movie, like I could see it. Like it could yeah. be released in a theater. Right. Like it's. And so, as somebody who's played both games, if I was talking to a gamer, the, the question they'd probably ask me would be, "Well, which one's better?" And it, it's. It's not easy to answer that because Diablo 3 is a game that, at this point, it does not have a fond fan base. You know, Diablo 3 is not a game when you say it, that words that come to mind when I say Diablo 3, what do you think? You don't think of, wow, great game. You don't think of, like, a loving community. You think of yeah. d- disappointment. You think of a game that the developers weren't, they didn't properly prepare for the end game. Because when Diablo 2 came out, there weren't, you know, it wasn't the world of the MMO. You yeah, know, there weren't games were just made to kind of be played through, and then that was it. Uh, where MMOs are all about persistence and longevity and stuff. And, like that. and the end game is the big part. It's it's having like it's, in an MMO, like if you have a raid, like you have tons of raids, tons of different end bosses. Yes. where you get a bunch of guys together and you go and you take out those bosses. The and, end game is and everybody whole, has their role. And yes, the it's a whole, a whole big other ordeal. Yeah, it's it's a com- it's almost like a completely different game. Like it's, it's like a game unto itself, right? An after game, if you will, even. Um, and you know Diablo three, in terms of the, just the basic game structure, is just like the the previous games, um, and that just doesn't really hold up for a new game. You know Diablo two has the legacy; it has people who've been playing the game for ten years, has the nostalgia factor. That's, there's a reason everybody can keep playing that game. For one, I mean, the, it, it's a, it's a great game on its own terms, but there's that just the knowledge of the game itself that you know the ins and outs of it, and you're and you're willing to live with the limitations because the game's ten years old at this point, or even older than that, twelve. Diablo 3, you know, when you beat the game, there's not a whole lot to do after that. Uh, you can keep grinding like you would in Diablo 2 trying to get the I mean, yeah, like you can play on a harder difficulty, but, like, I got bored with it. Like, I... I, you, I mean, you get bored with these games a lot yeah, faster than Yeah, that's true, yeah. But, um, for me, you know, like... But, like, I got the, like, Act 2 on the second playthrough and I was done. Yeah, so... I mean, I played it through from normal to the end of Hell, which is... Yeah. The, the, the other games, they had just the three difficulties. Three has the extra difficulty Inferno... Which is just hard to the point where it's not even fun. But the problem inherent to Diablo 3 is the loot system. Not only the way the loot drops, because I played through, for anybody who's played a Diablo game, this will blow your mind. I played through the beginning of normal to the end of hell, playing through the game three times without getting a single set item or a single unique. That's like playing through all of Borderlands 2 and not getting an orange gun. Yeah. And not getting even a fucking purple gun for that matter. Yeah. Um,. And, you know, the thing about these games is, like, Diablo 2, when you hit a certain point where you could no longer make steady progress, where you were getting killed too easily, where you weren't doing enough damage, then you would have to backtrack and try to find better equipment or go keep looking in your stash and look at all the stuff you've saved up and try to trade that to other players for better stuff. In Diablo 3, if the going gets just a little bit t- tough, you log out, you pop into the auction house, you blow 5,000 gold, gold, and you're good to go. And every time you hit this wall in this game, that's what you do. Now, you don't have to use the auction house. You don't have to take advantage of that. But, it, you know, people don't like being stuck, and people don't like purposely refusing options and windows given to them just for the sake of, of being purists, I guess. So, inevitably, every time I got stuck, I blew some gold. 
and then I was fine. And I did this for the whole experience, which was fun, but it, it's just not. There's no real sense of of growth with it when when you're not finding this stuff. It's an item finding game, and for the most part, the equipment that you get is equipment that you bought. And so the auction house completely works against the nature of the game. It, it's an MMO component that just does not fit the Diablo, yeah. the action RPG mold like that. Torchlight Two, you know, has no auction house. It's a completely different. You know, Diablo Three is like a gorilla in the room, and Torchlight Two is like a poodle. Like it's, it's you know, it's like maybe. 30 dudes made Torchlight 2. It's Runic Games is a yeah. small company. And um, Yeah, I mean it's 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 also only $20. Yeah, and it's 20 bucks on Steam. Um graphically, you know, it, it's a thousand clicks under what Diablo 3. Although Diablo but, 3 having said it doesn't look that good. Um, yeah, I mean it, it it I mean it's a good looking game, it's a but pretty it's not game, but like, not so much that it should chug, chug systems the way it does. No, I don't think Torchlight 2. You. I'm playing on my mom's work laptop and it's, yeah. it's running perfectly. Um and there are different things that separate the two, like the skill system. Diablo 3 has a skill system that does not punish the player, because there are no points to allocate when you level up. There are no skill points to or stat points or anything. It's just you earn skills, and then you have like a, a belt of five skills you can have equipped at any one time, and, and your build is the skills that you decide to have at that time. Um, and so everybody is on the even playing field, at least in terms of skills. So it's all about your equipment. That's what defines your mm-hmm. character. And for that to be the case, for there to be such a quick solution to having not good stuff, that being the auction house where you can just blow gold or real money, it makes the game just feel shallow and empty. And, you know, Torchlight 2, in a lot of ways, is an inferior game. You know, the core gameplay, the actual combat, I would say, maybe isn't quite as slick as Diablo 3. And and different things like the way you can measure DPS and stuff in Diablo 3. It's very streamlined and in a good way. But just for the the sheer, you know, the the simplicity of it is its greatest strength. Because there is no auction house. There is no massive, rabid, disappointed online community. There were no horrible... I mean, there's no required online to play it, for that matter. That's something I forgot to even mention. Yeah, and, like we could sit here and have a land party with it, which is yes, you can't, which is really, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and then, I mean, fucking Diablo three day one, you know, half people, people called off work for this day months in advance, yeah, and, and they the, didn't get to play. The, it. the server issues with Diablo uh, was were ridiculous, ridiculous, and mind blowing. And it's like, why a game that's so that's so meant to be played offline? Yeah. Why tie it to online? Like I can I could understand if like if you played your single player character offline, if you couldn't bring that stuff online for like the auctions and stuff. Which Diablo two which had makes that. sense. Diablo two had that. Diablo two had yeah. an open battle net and a closed battle net. Open battle net, you could play your single player character online, but these were characters stored on hard drives, so they were open to manipulation. Closed battle net. What the characters were stored on Diablo on on the site on the server, mm. so you couldn't manipulate them. So why they couldn't just do the same thing? It, well, the whole point was piracy. Yeah, not yeah you know, character manipulation and stuff yeah. like that. Um, which again, yeah, poor company like Runic Games, selling for twenty bucks. That you know they're willing yeah. to take that risk. I mean, you know, I think that's why a lot of people are willing to shell out the money. Games like that don't get pirated as much because I think people have a respect for the developer that well, they. At, at the same time, it's also been proven a lot of times that the the games that have the heavy DRM 
are the ones that people just don't bother with, period. Um, yeah. like period. Or those are the ones that end up getting cracked day one. Yeah. And you know, just to be like, hey, we kicked your ass, and then it gets pirated it, even more. Yeah, but even yeah. if you buy the game and if it has heavy DRM, it can still be a pain. In yeah, your it can. It can totally hinder your experience. Yeah. And you know, I, I fully respect those that choose not to do DRM. Right. Like, I mean, I I get why you would, and I understand. Like, but. But something like like what say like Battlefield does, where they have you know like the Punk Buster, which you know you can't manipulate the official servers. Like right. do something like that. That makes sense. It's like I can understand you know if people are playing an online game, how they wouldn't want that experience ruined, and that makes yep. sense. But to just flat out make it harder for people to play your game that they just paid fifty to sixty dollars for yep. is ridiculous. I think that you know having a uh, just a CD key system, there's got to be a way in that CDK system to make it so that it can't be manipulated so that people can't just, you know, pirate yeah. the game, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I mean, I guess if, if somebody just downloads the game and then they take it offline and then they find some way to crack it, there's nothing Blizzard can do about that. And they were just too worried about this happening. And they figured with most of their player base being people who play WoW, which is obviously an, a completely online game, yeah. that, that it which they be. even gave Diablo three away for free with people who did a year subscription of WoW, yeah, which is crazy. Which is, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it, I mean it's it's an awesome idea. It's just it, it, Diablo three is a game that it and the, it's clearly made by people who it's clearly not like a, a, a Dia, like people who worked on the other games didn't make this. It's a different generation and different people. People who don't get what made those games great, except in the core gameplay itself. You know, the story in Diablo three. There's a whole lot more in this game than there was in Diablo two, and it. But it's not. It's not good. It's it's horrible. I thought. Um, I think they were trying to go for like an Alex thing from Half Life two with that girl Leah. They were trying to create like a female NPC character you can get attached to. And I don't care if you, you haven't beaten the game yet or not. She ends up becoming Diablo. Diablo possesses her, and she ends up being the love child of, of Diablo and the mage from the first game, whatever her name was. Uh, shit, I can't remember that. <laughs> that was her name, I think. <laughs> Um, she's I sense a soul in search of answers is what she said so it like throw and fucking oh my god I never even thought of it Deckard Kane. Deckard Kane getting killed by bitch I, name I don't remember your name Magda was that her yeah, name yeah I think it was Magda getting yeah, killed in his own right. house and how many times has it happened in that stupid game now I'm shitting on it where you go on a quest and and, and the bitch is like ha ha I see you got that shard. Well, guess what? While you were away, <laughs> like old man, I can't I leave this you alone stuff. for five minutes. Like, every, like so many times you go on a quest. It's like she's a fucking Rocky and Bullwinkle villain. Yeah, like, like <laughs> literally. And it, the, he's the last of the Herodrum. He's the only part of this game that has fluidity. That has like each game he's in it, and he and he's a big part of it. And to, to just kill him off, to, I mean, he went out like a bitch. <laughs> like he, he's the last he, he should be able to defend himself the dude's got magic the dude knows how to use the Herodric cube he can make like t- a quiver of arrows turn into a quiver of bolts <laughs> the motherfucker knows what's up and he gets he gets off yeah, man, by he this he can make a fucking ruby that's <laughs> flawless yeah you give him like three crappy rocks he'll turn him into like a perfect gemstone he'd like put that in your sword <clears throat> now you got fire damage <laughs> Deckard Cain <laughs> 
no, oh, oh, the more I think about the story, you know, <clears throat> see, I've been objective so far about this. I, I've been fair to Diablo 3. I've said things that I've liked and disliked, but for the most part, I can wipe my ass with it, to be honest with you. Just, just because of what we talked about just now, how much that annoys me that they could just off Deckard Cain. Like, and then they try to make it like a somber thing, but you're not sad when it's happening because it's such bullshit how it happened. It's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a movie equivalent. No, to this. no tears were shed for Deckard Cain. It would be like if Tom Hanks, it, like in Saving Private Ryan, like on the beach of Normandy, gets like, right after they finished it, like like a Nazi that we thought was dead popped up and just shoots him with a nine millimeter, like a, a forty five. And, and Matt Damon just like what the? F-? I know he wasn't there, he wasn't there on the beach, but he just like really. This is how Tom Hanks goes out. All right, well, shit. And there would be a sad moment after, but mostly it wouldn't be grief on face. It'd be what the fuck was that? <laughs> And that's how happened. I felt about Tom. Who wrote Decker this? Decker Kane was Tom Hanks dying on Nor- on the beach at the beginning of the movie. That's what that was. And I will never forgive you douchebags who wrote that story. Who 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 did that? Like Diablo 2, the story, you know, it, it's so perfect, okay? Because the story in Diablo 2 is minimally told. You know, it's not forced down your throat like this. There are so many fucking conversations I had to skip because I just didn't give a shit in Diablo 3. Diablo 2, if you want to hear what people have to say, you walk up, you click on them, and they say, hey, what's up? And then there's a list of things you can ask them about. And I asked everyone about everything because it was so well-voiced, so well-written, and I wanted to know. It's a story that you get as much out of it as you want. You can play through the whole game, not have a fucking clue what's happening, and you will still care because the cutscenes in between chapters, you know, you see Diablo... He's this dark wanderer now. The, the villain in Diablo 2 is the dark wanderer who is the hero of Diablo 1. In Diablo 1, at the end of the game, you kill Diablo and you get his soul stone. And you're supposed to go destroy it to kill his soul. And the guy sticks it in his head. And that's how Diablo 1 ends. And then he is the dark wanderer in 2. And then at the end of 2, he fucking erupts into the big demon and D's Diablo. And he goes and claims the throne of hell again. That's a cool story. <laughs> Diablo 3... Stuff happened. A black guy falls out of the sky, (laughs) falls through a church, the same church that Diablo 1 takes place in. Um, he ends up being Tyrael. He doesn't. He has amnesia because you know those angels. And uh, oh, you know if you fall out of the sky, you have amnesia unless you're Leon Kennedy. Fucking, it uses amnesia to kick things off. How fucking cliche is that? Black guy falls out of the sky. Crazy squid woman kills Deckard Cain. And, and and this Leah chick, and then I, I fuck it. I think I've said enough. The story of Diablo three is stupid. You ha- as far as Diablo three goes in in the in the way the game was disappointing. You had to try to make it that bad. You had to try to let me down. You had to you had to really make an effort to suck that bad. <laughs> Honestly, like it, if you could have fucking just given me a three D Diablo two, and I would have been ecstatic. And it's sad that I would have been that satisfied after twelve years of waiting. But I would have loved it ten times more than what I got, which is basically fucking puke in a bucket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so Torchlight well. two is the answer <laughs> between what's better and what I would recommend. Torchlight two. I love the game. If you, you if you want to know what's right for you, pick. Torchlight 2. Torchlight 2, pros and cons, number one pro, you can make your dog buy you healing potions. <laughs> You're in the middle of a catacombs, shooting mummies with your fucking shotgun. You can do that in Torchlight, and your dog is just, your dog is holding a lot of shit. You got like three your six plate mail is your dog. He's got like a nine by nine grid, just like you do, and he's got a lot of plate mail and a lot of hammers and shotguns. <laughs> you don't see it. And you're like, dog, while you're at it, I need, I need, I need like nine healing potions, four mana potions, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and he's back in a minute and a half, and 
I just, I love the game. I, I've died nine times, like I said, playing hardcore. I've put 30 hours into the game and I'm still in Act 1 because <laughs> I keep dying. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm Because, you know, unless you'd like to talk about something else, because we we're rambling on about this quite a bit, but the, the whole thing about hardcore gaming, I would love to try to get you to try it. Uh, because I know you say it's not for you. No. Nah. There's just something about... And anybody who has played hardcore games who likes it knows, before I open my mouth, exactly what I'm talking about. It's just the sense that everything that you do has so much more... I like, I like to say the word weight. It has more weight. Like, you know, when you're playing a game and you find a, a, an item that helps, it's not just... You know, anything else, it, everything else, when you don't play hardcore, essentially boils down to convenience and time-saving. Because if an item isn't good enough for the situation at hand... You're just going to die using it, and then you're going to have to do what you did over again until you get to that point, and then it's a test of if you can overcome it again or not. So you're basically saving time. When you play hardcore, you don't have that option. If you're coming up against too much resistance and your health is dropping too much, you're too weak, and you need to go either level up or you need to go buy better stuff, and it's all it's survival versus convenience. And once you're so far gone into the realm of knowing that everything you do is survival. Once the little goblins in the temple aren't just little pixelated goblins that are basically bags of loot that you're going to hit with a hammer and pick up what they drop, once they're there as little things that are trying to ruin your fun, like ruin your day, like they want to kill you and they're going to laugh because you just spent nine hours playing this stupid game and it's <laughs> like you never even touched it because we just killed you. You see everything in such a different way and it, it's it's thrilling. When you prevail over things that see like over insurmountable odds, you know it, it's it basically boils down to what makes the game Dark Souls great, you know, which is punishment for fucking up, and and complete and and just the overwhelming sense of triumph when you finally prevail. The difference, of course, it, it's it's more punishing than Dark Souls because in Dark Souls, you know, you can keep dying and trying again. You just right. punish severely for death. Uh, obviously in this if you die the punishment is you have to start all the way over yeah but it's just the sense that that it's life or death as much as as much life or death as you can get out of life without it being actual life or death you know i'm never going to actually enjoy being in a life or death scenario i'm not going to ever enjoy being shot at <laughs> i'm not going to think like man guys this is way cooler than call of duty when real bullets are flying and hitting the wall behind me and, I'm, and if a guy walks in with a battle axe swinging it at me or a mummy walks through the wall and wants to eat me, I'm not going to be like, this is so much cooler than playing the game, guys. But oh, no, man. If, if a mummy well, walked in and tried to eat me, that, I, yes. think, I think I, would, I think that'd be pretty... I think if I realized a zombie apocalypse was about to happen, a little part of me would be excited. I think we could all agree with that. Yeah. We'd all be really scared because zombies are trying to eat us, and it's probably a horrible way to go. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. But at the same time... We're it looks like the, it hurts a lot. It does, but they pull out your guts and everything. Like, yeah. Oh, man, I, don't want, I don't want something eating my guts. But... It would be fun. But having said that, in terms of just the world of video games itself, when when your fun is what's on the line, you feel like you're defending yourself. You do. You feel like this game is out to get you, and you're like saying, fuck you, game. I just got this new hammer, and you can bring it. because. <laughs> and then it, at the same time, you get the sense that you're ruining their fun. Like, the, the goblin shows up, and you kill in hardcore, and it's dead, and it's gone, and, it, it, and it's, I don't know. It's like it never lived. <laughs> right. I guess. It's just, have I convinced you at all? No. What is it about hardcore games that, that doesn't appeal to you? 
what is it that is it just that the, the whole idea that you, what you're playing could be erased pretty much yeah instant? I mean there, I, I like f- the I it's almost like I have I have to have like a sense of progress and like I, I just a, a lot of times like for me I end up playing a lot of games for the story yeah. more so than anything else yeah. um, and you can't really get a good sense of the story if if you die and, <laughs> and have to start well, over every time that you okay, die. Okay, having said that, like now if you were to take a game, you don't replay games very often. Not a ton, no. It's it's hard to these days because games come out every month. Yeah, that's... You know, there was a time when you would buy like one game at every three months or four months. Yeah, you know, and you and you would play it religiously. Um, people still do that with MMOs, but they're pretty much the only game and and shooters. I'm sorry, shooters. But those are the only games that really get that kind of dedication over the over the course of a year or so. But um, I think if you could try it with a game that you beat. Like, if you played through um, Torchlight, for instance, and you beat it, and then you went back to play it again, and you played a hardcore character. Now, Torchlight's a bad example, because there's no story to follow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. actually. But, um, no, it's just, like, you know, I was talking to somebody on the phone earlier, and I told them, oh, I fucking died in Torchlight again. And they're like, dude, if, why don't you just play through it on normal, then? And the truth is, I can't. Like, it's just not fun. It's, it's, it's boring. Because I know that, you know, when I find a new weapon, it's cool, it does more damage, but the, the whole thrill of running into a pack of goblins and seeing my health dwindle, when you're playing hardcore, there's a genuine, like, like oh shit moment. There's a, there's a, there's a terror that, like, erupts in you when your health is that low, and you know that you're one goblin axe swing away from everything that you've been doing for the past three days being gone and in that instant. And then once you remove that from the equation, it, it's hard to, to really give a fuck. So I've broken non-hardcore RPG gaming for myself, basically, by playing it so much. But at the same time, I would never want to go back. It's a testament to the quality of that kind of game that I can play Torchlight 2 for 12 hours, die, and basically be starting from, from scratch, sit for a half hour and wonder what I'm doing with my life, <laughs> and wonder how it's come to this. And then I sit back down a half hour later and I say, all right, well, re-roll. Level one. <laughs> That's that's just what it what it is. That's hardcore gaming. Yeah, I mean in a way it's it's almost Dungeons and Dragonsy. Yes. In fact, when I was trying to convince you to play Skyrim, uh, hardcore, which I posted on GameFAQs, I wish we maybe I'll put up a link on the site. I posted this big treatise on like why it's so awesome to play the game that way, and I got a huge response. Like people, a lot of some people shit on it. Because they're like, why would I want to do that? Why don't I try to beat it like that? It, it, that's a stupid idea. And they're missing the whole point. I go into why it's not about finishing. It's about the experience. Especially with Skyrim. Because Skyrim yeah. is this big, beautiful world that you're cutting your own niche in. And you can you can play the game without even fighting anything. But, yeah. I mean... Um, maybe I will put that like We should read that. Um, I was going to say something else. What were we going on about? Oh, about Skyrim hardcore being like D and actually said that to you at one point. Yeah. So I guess that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. That it, it, everybody should give it a go at least one time. Skyrim is a very good game to do it with because the, especially with that, you really do get a sense. Like, <laughs> just an example, of what I said in the thing, I was playing with a, a companion in Skyrim. I'm like level 17 at this point, so it's a solid like 20 hour investment in this, and I've had the companion for like 10 levels, and the companion died. And you're playing the game hardcore, so there's no reloading anything. It, you know, everything that happens happens, and, and it's ended. And I really felt sad. Like I kind of imagined conversations between the two characters, and we like you would in D and D, you know. And I kept the character's helmet, and I put it on like the mantle in my house. And I just had, and that character that I was playing as died mm-hmm. eventually. But I have such such a real, vivid recollection of that character. 
you know, I can I can tell you like fights that happen. I can tell you like weapons that I found. I can tell you obviously a character that died. It feels like like I played D anD D. Yeah, you know, you you really cut your own story with that character, and you see it start to finish. And there's something to be said, I think, for a game that can can burn an image so much into your mind, and it's it's just made much more vivid by the finality of that of playing it hardcore like that. That was a lot of big words. Yeah, and I guess yeah. that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I think I think that might actually wrap it up for us today. Um, yeah, how, how long did that go yeah. on? That, was, that seemed like a... Uh, that's an hour 20. Hour 20, wow. Yeah, so yeah. we had a lot to say. A lot of <laughs> a lot of negative things to say about a lot of, uh, we, we, a couple games. Uh, relentlessly shitting on games that weren't Yeah, good. yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my, that should be our I'm fucking, sorry, Capcom. That should be our tagline, dude. Relentlessly sh- shitting on games that just weren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> or should have been better, is another way we could say that. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's a way to put it. Um, um, but yeah, um, so that was the first episode. Uh, you can check uh, us out. We'll be doing this weekly. Um, check us out on spiderduckNetwork.com. Uh, we'll have this up uh, probably Sunday um, on the eighth. So that's when you'll be listening to this. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell them we're Especially awesome. Especially if you're gamers. Obviously, I think if you're somebody who is just a general pop culture, pop, pop culture fan and you've arrived at this podcast you've probably wasted an hour and a half of your life um I wouldn't say wasted I would I would say it's pretty entertaining other you think so <laughs> I, that part's yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, obviously I this that. is the the spider dog gaming podcast and, and so and if so you, yeah we're, we're definitely talking about video games um, yeah uh, but for that matter, if, if you're listening and you, and you want to participate in some way, by all means, recommend games for us to play. You can you can you can post them in the comments. Yeah, um, uh, we on the Spider Duck Network site we have a really good comment system now. Um, so if you you can just comment on every single post. So if you if you leave a comment on our post uh, here, or you can check out my blog, which is where I'm doing the indie October stuff. Yeah, and um, I mean we're you know you'll definitely get a shout out too in the next podcast if you do. So by all means, <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking. For airtime, this is a very cheap way to, to get it, and um, you know, uh, just things you want us to address or talk about questions you might have. We're obviously very opinionated people. Yeah, here. definitely. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, de- definitely, uh, definitely check us out at spiderducknetwork.com. Um, you can follow the Spider Duck Network on Twitter at spiderducknet. Um, and definitely, definitely keep listening. Um, we'll keep doing this as, as long as we have listeners. Can I so. just say, as being Tim, as being the underrepresented face of, in this, which is my own fault for not showing up for the podcast as yeah. much, but as somebody who Grant Thoddard, the spider duck was my idea. Can I just say that, that the spider duck is a brainchild of Mr. Timothy Smith? I thought of it. That's my stamp. Spider duck. Tim Smith. T-I-M. SMI. Timmy Timmy thought of the spider duck. Trevor created a brand from the spider duck. So let's end with that note. I don't. I think it's a stupid note to end. I think Yanni vomiting into a a bucket.